course, next Sunday, 9.30 Sunday School, and 10.45 is morning worship. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, and Romans chapter 12, verse 21. The overcomers. <laughs> um, when we think about being victorious, you know, uh, sometimes um, we, we have this concept in our, well, in our lives, and I mean, you know, we come by it very naturally. There's only one winner. You know, there's only one, of all the teams that play football, there's only one Super Bowl champion. Um, there's only one quarterback that's going to win the team, you know, the whole thing. We, we look to being victorious that somebody else has to lose. Well, and, you know, and, 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 and competition and things like that, you know, sports, those are, those are important qualities. But we also know that it's important that we keep playing the game. <laughs> we keep going, we keep dealing, we keep dealing with the things because just because, um, you know, whoever wins the Super Bowl doesn't mean that that's the best team. You know, on any given day, we know that things can change and teams can beat and teams can be up and down emotionally. And so how then do we handle our, our everyday life? How do we handle the things that come to us? So being an overcomer is a lifetime experience, not something that is proven in an afternoon or an event. Uh, it's a lifetime of, of, of integration of the Word of God and the bringing of the, the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit and the scriptures and all that, bringing all of that together. And because we fall down doesn't mean that we failed. It means that we have to get up. And uh, as we look at our faith and, and recognize the, the strength that God gives to us in his scriptures, it's important that we bring that into our lives. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 4 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. Romans 12, 21, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. So as we are in this journey, as we are in this path, it is life's direction. It is, our, it is the direction that we take with our life that determines our destiny. You know, um, if we are headed in a particular direction, you're going to go that way. <laughs> Unless you turn the wheel. And so we are challenged by the direction that we are headed. And it's life's directions. Is it determined by me? Is it determined by my events? Okay? The direction of my life, is it determined by me or by my events? The events that happen to me. You know, I, and, and I know I've spoken on this sometimes, but I'm leading up to some, I think, some very important things. Uh, one is that, if you ever ask somebody how you're doing, and they say, well, you know, it's too early to tell. <laughs> you know, it's just morning, you know. Got to wait till something happens to determine how I'm doing. Um, you know, the scriptures give us a declaration that this is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. <laughs> I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. I am one with Christ. The intention of God is that we see our focus in Him and that we see this focus of where we are going. And that the events are not, they are just stepping stones, as it were, to where we are headed. They are not the events that determine our life. It's our response to these things that determines where we're going to go. And it's our response to these things day in and day out, year in and year out, that make up the whole sequence of where we're going to be 
when it's all said and done and when the trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet him in the air. That's where we're headed. So all the daily experiences are leading us up to that event. Whether we live or whether we die, we belong to God. So, is life direction determined by me or by the event? Is it a good day or a bad day? In all things, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus, that I go dead. I did go dead. Can't have that happen. I can't die in a pulpit. I know some preachers do have, but uh, they're no longer with us. Can't have a preacher who loses power. You know, it's that happen. It doesn't work. There you go. Recharge my batteries. And I'm good for another mile. Can you hear me now? There we go. Never heard that one before either, did you? So, our response to evil, our response to the life's ups and downs are all part of, you know, the whole process of what goes on. Re you know, responding to people. Responding to the antagonists. <laughs> the, the aggressors, the agitators. Do you know any of them? And, and so as we respond to them, we are finding ourselves... Um, developing, setting a pattern of behavior. And our pattern of behavior, that's what we're going to look at. The underlying revelation is that even, uh, even our enemies have needs. <laughs> the underlying revelation is that even our enemies have needs and we will focus on our intention to, to different life experiences and how that those experiences will teach us lessons that are brought about by God and by his word and by our everyday life. So, it's really not about you and I, is it? It's about God working through us to touch the lives of others. Even though we think we're the most important person in, in the, all the world, God has a plan to reach the world through us. You know, we have to be 100% committed. 100% committed to God. Now, I, I, I'm going to read this. I read it last week. Uh, if you're 99.9% .9 committed, okay, what that means is if, if we put that to our everyday life, one hour of unsafe drinking water every month is 99.9% .9 committed. Two unsafe landings at O'Hare International Airport each day. 16,000 lost pieces of mail per hour. It's 99.9%. 20,000 incorrect fulfilled drug prescriptions, filled prescriptions. 500 incorrect surgical procedures performed each week. 50 newborn babies dropped at birth. 22,000 checks deducted from the wrong account each hour. Your heart failed to beat 32,000 times each year. <laughs> That's 99.9% .9 committed. So whenever we are looking at our commitment to Christ, it is a 100% commitment. There are no exceptions. 
I believe that God can work through all things. All things work together for good. God can work through all things. I believe that our life is tempered by his love and guided by his commandments. And this is the focus. Tempered by his love and guided by his commandments. Tempered. Tempered means to have the elements mixed in a satisfying proportion. Anybody watch how, you make, how they make the Japanese swords? Anybody see that on a Discovery Channel, a Learning Channel, whatever? I thought it was pretty neat. They, they take metal, bits of metal, that they've already broken up and heated, and they, they can figure out what's the strongest parts. And they put it on a, on a, you know, they break it up and they set it on top of one another. And then they put it in the fire, and they pull it out, and they beat on it, you know, after it's white hot, they beat on it and put it together. And then they fold it over, you know, put it back in the heat, fold it over and beat on it again, fold it over, put it in the heat, bring it out, beat on it again, put it in there, fold it over. And what they are doing is they are tempering it. And we are tempered by love. We are tempered by his love. You know, um, Steel that is tempered is, is, is strongest. If you have a, a cake mix, <laughs> treated so as to impart we are treated so as to impart increased strength, mixed in satisfying proportion. T cake mix are tempered. They're mixed in a satisfying proportion. Steel that is strong is mixed in satisfying proportion. So we are tempered by his love. And God's, God's love is mixed in satisfying proportion to all events of life. God's love is mixed in satisfying proportion, in specific proportion to every event of our life. If we look at life without love, we are not mixing it properly. And what happens whenever you don't put the right mix in? It's a flop. How many people think life's a flop? <laughs> ah, and so what do we need to do? Put more love in it. No, it's not like, well, where do I find it? I don't have it. We have to find it in God. God's love in us. So God's love is mixed in, in satisfying proportion because that's what tempered is. Mixed in satisfying proportions. So the purpose of this love this love mix, is to impart increased strength. If God loves me, which he says he does, and we cannot doubt his word, then his love has to be mixed into our lives, and that gives us increased strength for the events that we face in life. And then we are guided by his commandments. Guided means to assist to travel through. You know, you have a guide, a tour guide. He takes you and, and assists you in areas that you haven't been to before. He gives directions. And so the commands, God's commands, are meant to direct with authority and to have, they are to have at our disposal. God's commands are at our disposal. Okay? Now, sometimes we think of commands as being do this, you know, just shut up and do it. That's why I told you. <laughs> Anybody remember those commands? Okay. All right. You know, I didn't tell you to think. You know, who told you to think about this? <laughs> do it. Those types of commands. That's not what we're looking at. The commands that God has given us 
are to be at our disposal. That means they are there for the purpose of strengthening us in our walk with God and in our dealing with life. So the Word of God set forth His commands. And these commands are, you know, the Ten Commandments. Don't kill, don't steal, don't lie, don't commit adultery, don't bear false witness, have no other gods before you. Those are commands. And God has given us commands to have at our disposal. Now those commands give us direction. Don't steal. You don't have to think about stealing or lying or cheating. Why? Because God says don't do it. They're at our disposal whenever we have the temptation to do something that is wrong, that will be wrong and hurtful to us. God says you don't even have to think about that. Because I've given you the command. Don't do it. It's at our disposal. Now, the mixture of love and his commands creates strength in the mix. <laughs> Tempered steel. Love, you see, commandments without love are just beating you into submission. God doesn't beat us anywhere. He leads us. The, mix, the mixture of God's love and the mixture of his commands guide and temper the life of a believer. So our life is guided and tempered by God. And so as we look at the, the Ten Commandments, they are there for me to obey, but there are other commands. The command of God are also his promises. The commands of God, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. All things work, you know, and we're focusing on this, all things working together for good. That's a command that God says all things are going to work together for good. That's a command. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a command. We say they're promises. Well, they're promises, they're commands that go right hand in hand. And so the, the, the command of God to bless us, the command of God to keep us, the command of God that he will work through us, that he will forgive us, he will, he will empower us, that he will sustain us, he will help, love. All these are declarations of God to our hearts and to our lives. So God is giving us more than just ten commandments. Don't do this. He gives us commandments to provide us, provide for us, and protect us. Then he comes along with the promises, which are also commands, that are at our disposal, so as we enter into the fires of trial, that the love of God and how we feel that we are being beaten, the proper mix gives us a different perspective of life. He loves me, therefore, I may not understand, but he will only do what is best for me. Hmm. Tempered is satisfying proportions. The mixture is satisfying proportions, treated so as to impart increased strength. As we enter into the trials of our life and we recognize the love of God and we recognize the commands of God and they keep getting folded over and we're stuck in the heat, brought out, hammered into age, you know, these swords that are made, you know, these Japanese swords that are made, they're still around, that they've been around for a couple hundred years, thousand years more, a couple thousand years, the samurai swords and all that kind of stuff. 
that these swords, that they are so strong and so sharp that they never lose their sharpness. They never lose it because of the way they're made and the way they're tempered. You know, we buy knives that you can't, you know, it's like buying a butter knife. And they're going to last you a lifetime, guaranteed. They can cut this and then cut that. And you can cut through metal and cans and, you know, saw off this and saw off that. And you buy those and it doesn't work for me. So this mixture comes together and is placed in the fire of trials, heated to the precise temperature. Anybody ever reach a boiling point? <laughs> Have you been heated to the precise temperature? <laughs> and then you've been hammered? Been folded over? And Put in shape. <laughs> uh -huh. Okay. We don't want to go there. Okay, tempered. Tempered steel is strong. It's the strongest. So with the understanding in place and with this mixture of love, commands, and promises of God's sovereignty, okay, with this mixture in place, the love of God, the commands of God, and the sovereignty of God, put all this together... And we are going, because we've given our life to Christ. I'm no longer mine. I am His. I belong to Him. And that His plan and His purpose for my life is one that was designed before the foundation of the world. That while we were yet in our mother's womb, He knew us and He has a plan for us. Now, we have choices. I'm not saying that, you know, this is totally just thrown up in the air. This the superlapsarian predestinationism. That's a nice big word, isn't it? Superlapsarian predestinationism. That basically says you have no choices, your life is mapped out, and you know, whether you live or die or go to heaven or hell, it's already been determined. We don't, I don't believe that. I believe that God has a plan and a purpose, and we have the ability to make choices. God knows what those choices are, but we still make them. I know I've said this before too, but the idea is that when you've been around 28 years, you say things over sometimes. Uh, you go to a banquet hall, there's a thousand seats at the banquet hall and there's name tags at every seat. Except the name tags are turned upside down. You can't see the name. And you go around the banquet hall and choose where you're going to sit. You sit down, turn the name tag over and your name's there. You made the choice. God knew you would make it. Okay. Did you make the choice? And see, the, the conflict comes. Do we have the, do, does, God, does God make us make the choice or do we make the choice? And our, my belief, our belief is that, that you make the choice. Because if God made the choice for you, then he would be dictating if you go to heaven or hell. That if you love him or don't love him. It wouldn't be something you choose. Love is not something that you can make someone have. I'm going to beat you till you love me. It doesn't work but I'm going to give to you until you recognize how much I love you. So, for God so loved the world, he gave. So God has a purpose for our life, and so he gives to us of himself. He gives to us of his love. He gives to us of his purpose and of his plan. He gives to us of his spirit, of his giftings. He gives to us of his power and of his strength. And he puts that into our lives, and it's a right 
mixture of love, promises, commandments, and what? And life experiences. And life experiences come to us, and here we are making choices as to whether or not this day is going to be a good day or a bad day. The scripture commands us, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. The scripture commands us that to rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, that these are commands that God has given us that are a mix, that is mixed into everyday life experiences, and we get to choose. Is it a good day or a bad day? Is this part of my destiny or part of my downfall? So with this understanding in place, with this mixture in place, I am 100% committed to God. Not 99.9% because that means there are loopholes. There are places that, that I can go that somehow God didn't get me through. There are no exceptions. All things do not start. We know that all things do not start with God, but God will work all things together for good. Life events test the mixture. Aha. Test. Remember? What is a test for? A test is to show us what we know. Not what we don't know, but what we know. And so the tests of life come. The problems of life come. I'll make sure the... the clock's working because some of you were looking. Is he really going on this thing? Uh, but anyhow, the tests of life come, the problems of life come, and they are, they are there. And so this is where we get to find out what we know. What do you know of your faith? And what do you know of your belief? What do you know of the substance that God has given you? Do you really believe that God is capable of turning all things, working all things together for good? Do you really believe that God can turn this around? Do you really believe that God can take good out of this? Or are you going to be agitated, upset, and frustrated, discouraged and despondent? I'm sure there's other words too, right? <laughs> Down in the dumps. choices. We make choices. Do we make choices based upon our understanding or upon God's love and commands? Life events test the mixture. So what happens whenever you do things, you know, put the steel in there and put that in there and this in there and you beat it and, and you hit the sword and it breaks? What do you do? Well, what did you learn? Let's make another one. How many have ever made a cake that, didn't, that flopped? Ladies? Men? Huh? How many have ever made a cake that flopped? All right, did you ever make another one? <laughs> How many have ever done stuff that have failed? And then you say, well, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> well, I failed that test. I'm never taking another one. Teachers? <laughs> you think that works in school? Teacher, I failed the last test. Do I have to take another one? 
Well, of course you do. You failed that one. Okay, so in our life, whenever we find things that don't work, it doesn't mean that we failed. It means that there's a better way. There's another way. We, haven't, we don't have the right mixture. We don't have the right trust. We don't have, the, we don't have an understanding of his love. We don't have a right perspective. And we keep working at it because the Spirit of God and the love of God and the commands of God say all things work together for good. Now get to it and, make, and allow God to make good of this. Life, when your family betrays you, when people misinterpret your dreams, and when, they, when life takes off in an entirely different direction than you think it should, we think of Joseph. Here's a dreamer who had a dream that people would bow down to him and his brothers and all this stuff and they thought he was nuts and they hated him for it and sold him as a slave and we've been doing this in Sunday school. It's a wonderful lesson. And at the end, 20 years later, his brothers show up. Joseph is second in command of all of Egypt. You guys meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. You cannot allow life experiences to dictate the promises. You cannot allow life experiences to rob you of the dreams that God has placed in your heart. Joseph had a dream. And the dream was somehow to be at this position in life and everything around him said it'll never happen. You're a slave. You've been framed. You've been forgotten. You're in prison. But Joseph prepared himself for the fulfillment of the dream. And we spoke of this in Sunday school. You can't prepare yourself for the dream when the door opens. You've got to be prepared before the door opens. That's the dream. That's the preparation. God is preparing you for tomorrow. So get with it today. <laughs> That's where we must be thankful for today if we're ever going to be thankful for tomorrow. We must learn how to deal with today if we're ever going to be able to learn how to deal with tomorrow. And if we can't deal with today, then we don't have the right perspective, the right mixture of love and promises. We don't have the right perspective of how it comes together because God wants it to come together. He created us for a purpose, and that's why we're still here. We're still here because God has a purpose and God has a, 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 a plan for our lives and we're still part of the body of Christ right where we are at and you are called to function fully in that place where God has given you. If we say, how can I believe that God is in this? Then we're only 99.9% .9 committed because we still think that we can somehow destroy or stop the plan of God. The real question is, how can I not believe that God is in this? You see, 99% says, how can I believe that God is in this? 100% says, how can I not believe that God is in this? He loves me so much, he can't take his eyes off of me. He loves me to the point that he died for my sins, that I might spend an eternity with him. He loves me so much that he can't bear the thought of, of our life being without his. How can I not believe that God is in this? 
I don't understand it. I don't have it figured out because I'm not God. But I do know that as I respond to the promises, I respond to the love of God, and I put that in the mixture on, in the heat and in the fire of life, and it gets me boiling, and I come out and I get hammered, and I get folded over, and what happens? I maintain a perspective that God is in control, and God will see me through. I am his, he is mine, 100% of the time. Sounds like something we should say, don't you think? <laughs> I am his, he is mine, 100% of the time. I am his, he is mine, 100% of the time. Ready? I am his, he is mine, 100% of the time. I am his, he is mine, 100% of the time. No exceptions. God doesn't put an exception clause in his commands and promises to us. Romans 8.35 Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? What are the things that stand in our way of saying God is not in this? And God has already said nothing will ever separate us. Nay, in all these things we are more, everybody say more. more. Say it again. More. Than conquerors. Oh. I am more than a conqueror. I am more than victorious through him that loved us. Proper mixture of love. In, you know, if you don't have love in the mix, it doesn't work. For I am persuaded. I believe the command tempered in love, I was, I, was, I was amazed when I read this version. I believe the command tempered in love that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come, the height, depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. These commands are at our disposal. Nothing will separate, nothing can stop the will and plan of God. If God be for us, who can be against us? That's verse 31 of that scripture. Now, <laughs> we look at we look at what element in our lives to bind the hand of God. We look at people we look at events, we look at sickness, we look at trials, we look at what? And we say, somehow God is not in charge because look at this. And we look at governments, we look at neighbors, it binds our hands. But what we really need to look at is the mix. The mix, you know, I'm all mixed up. <laughs> we need to look at the mix. God's mix, his love, his commands, his promises come together in my life experience. Now, what if I am called of God and I live a disobedient life? What if I am blinded by my desires so much so that I lose my way? What if I take off on my own direction and, and betray God and betray what I know is right and I end up blinded 
with my hair cut off and my eyes plucked out. Samson. What happens? I find my way back to my love of God. And God has a way of bringing us to the pillars that will destroy our previous life and set us in the correct direction. What if you know the plan of God and you know exactly what the plan of God is and you run away from it? You run in the opposite direction. <laughs> and as you're running in the opposite direction, you lose everything. You run into the storms and you find yourself cast into the elements. Jonah. God will provide a great fish to bring you back to where you need to be. You see, in our life, there's a God who loves us. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. And we look at the circumstances and whatever, and we, we make our decisions, and Jonah didn't want Nineveh to be saved. He wanted them destroyed because they were an evil place. But God said, I have a message for them, Jonah, and you're going to give it. You see, we each have a plan, we have a purpose. What if you think that life, life's events are a game of chance? What if you think that you are not, you're not here because of the choices you made, you're here because of chance? How about the winner of a beauty contest? Esther. Esther was chosen to be queen because of her beauty, but she was a Jew. And Mordecai wanted to, Haman wanted to uh, betray all the Jews and kill them. And Esther's uncle says, whatever says to her, who knows whether you've come to the kingdom of God for such a time as this. It wasn't by chance. It was by divine appointment. What about politically? What if you are faithful and you rise to the top of your organization? And those around you are jealous and they scheme and they plot. And you find yourself sentenced to death in the den of lions. <laughs> over nothing wrong that you've done. And God has a way. Daniel, is your God able to keep you? God was able to close the mouths of the lions. And Daniel slept with the lions that night. What about whenever you are committed to God and you're the only one left standing? <laughs> what about whenever you, you know what is right and everybody else is wrong? In this case, you are right, the three Hebrew children. Well, don't worry, we're going to burn you. <laughs> we're going to cook your goose and we'll throw you in a fire. You better bow down. We're not bowing down. Our God is well able to deliver us, but if not, be it known unto you, O king, we will not bow down and do that which is wrong in the sight of our God. So they bind him and they throw them in the fire, and the only thing that gets burned is the things that are binding them. And the great thing about that story is, didn't we throw three in there, and now there are four? He looks like the Son of Man. 100% committed, no exceptions. God is in charge. The mixture of love and the mixture of commands, the mixture of purpose, the mixture of promise, and they all get mixed, and I'm stuck in the fire. 
and I am pulled out and I'm beaten over and I'm stuck in and beaten over again and eventually I become the instrument that God had created me to be. He works all things together for good. That's a command. What if, what if you're set out to provide for your family? You set out to provide for your family and you move out of your region and you and your husband and your two sons go to a, a, a different place to live in order to provide. And while you're there, your sons marry and then they end up dying. <laughs> and your husband dies and your sons die and you have two widows, three widows. <laughs> I can only go back to my homeland. And it's Ruth and Naomi. And she becomes the grandfather her son becomes the grandfather of David through whom the line of Jesus comes. Adversity. What if with the storms of life rage and we feel that our life is going to sink? Where is God? He must be sleeping. We've got to awaken Jesus because he doesn't know what's going on around us. Our boat is going to sink. Our life is over and he isn't paying attention. Wake him up. Peace be still, calms the storm. What if you know that Jesus loves you and you know that he has spent time in your life and you know that he is there and he, is, he has been your best friend and you have a, your, your brother is sick and he's dying and you sin for Jesus and he doesn't show up on time and your brother dies and Jesus walks into town and you go to Jesus and say, if you'd only been here, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus says to them, he had something more that he wanted them to know about who he was and who he is and what he was there for. And these are the, these are the questions and these are the realities of life. There is more to this than what we see. There's more to this than what we know. There is a divine calling, a divine, a divine hand upon our lives. And there is a mixture of love and there is a mixture of promise. There is a mixture of commands and it's stuck in the heat of our lives and we get all bent out of shape because of the heat and we come out and God has a way of molding it and folding it and putting it back in the fire so that do you really believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Lazarus, come forth. <laughs> the mixture of love, the mixture of commands, the mixture of life and the mixture of me and my attitude, my perspective, my love for God, my understanding of his love for me. And he has a calling for our lives that he doesn't take back. No matter what we do, he wants to fulfill that will in us. And we get distracted because it doesn't work the way we think. And he's saying, I have a better way. Are you 100% committed to me and to my ways? I'll make a difference for you. Shall we stand? <laughs> Romans 8.29 says, that the overcomer is Christ. 
And the Amplified reads this way. God knows what he is doing. This is Romans 8.29 in the Amplified. God knows what he is doing. God decided to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of Christ. We see the original and intended shape of our lives in Christ. God, after getting us established, stays with us to the end. Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. 100% committed, no exceptions. Overcome evil with good. Love, life, commands. They're all part of the mix. You know what? And what is most important in the mix is his love. Our doubting that he really loves us. Father, Father, you love us. God, you touch our lives in so many ways. We become so preoccupied with stuff and things and events. And somehow we read these as life and how that it's not going to work. But to you, O oh God, these are not important. They are not as important as us, each individual. For we are what is going to last forever. These events will pass with time. But so, God, you want to make us in your image and your likeness. So, God, we ask that we might experience your love, your peace, your direction, and that the commands, O oh God, that you speak to us, they are at our disposal, that we might mix them together in our life experiences. And there we find hope, not only for today, but for an eternity. Let your dream be in our hearts and our minds. God, you have a plan, you have a purpose. And God, we're still becoming, we're still becoming that instrument of use in your hands. Thank you for this day. Thank you for these promises. Go with us and guide us, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.